message, you know, uh, God's warning to the nation, but I knew God didn't want me to speak on that, so I'll come back to that another time. And, and then I had a whole other message that I typed up this week, and then God today said, nope. <laughs> It'll tie, kind of tie in, but um, so I don't know how long I'll be, um, but, you know, it was just confirmation when Joan prayed, and she prayed, and she mentioned vision. You know, um, we, we have to understand, you know, God has called all of us for such a time as this. Because if he didn't, we wouldn't be born here today, right? You know, we could have been born years ago, you know, or 10 years down the future, if there will be 10 years in the future, you know. But he calls for such a time as this, right? So no matter what happened, none of us are mistakes, right? We may make mistakes, but none of us are mistakes, right? No matter what type of rejection we have gone through with family, friends, work, None of us are mistakes, and, and we have to realize that God has a plan and a purpose for each and every one of us, and we have to fulfill that plan and purpose, right? So, uh, the title of this message here, it, 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 it literally, uh, is the church, church's mission, right? I'm talking about universal church, but we're going to incorporate New Life Kingdom Builders Ministries into it as well, so I guess, sidebar, so we, we may continue on with this in the future weeks, but um, it'll, we'll also talk about the vision of New Life Kingdom Builders as well. So, you know, God has given each church a vision. And, and really, he's given us Christians as a vision. We may not always see it, and we may not always realize it, but God has given each and every one of us a vision. But each vision that he's given a church is going to look different. For, for, for every ministry, it's going gonna, it's gonna to look different. But, ultimately, it should be unified because it is bringing glory to the kingdom of God. So, even though God has given specific churches vision, their own specific vision, ultimately it leads back to glorifying the Father, right? Glorifying Jesus, right? Worshiping and acknowledging the Holy Spirit, and once again, the kingdom of God. That's what it comes back to. So it's not about, no matter what church it is, it's not about the ministry. It's about the kingdom of God. That, 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 that is what it's about. So... You know, and with that being said, even with New Life Kingdom Builders, y'all heard me say before, you know, we're going to do things different, right? And I meant to preface this, this is not towards anybody in here or anybody that's out there <laughs> watching. So, don't nobody take this personal, right? Um, and it probably won't apply to anybody here. But, <laughs> but you know, um, what it's called New Life Kingdom Builders Ministries, too, it's going to be different. It's going to look different than... You know, so we, we can't get into the habit of, you know, this is the way we did it here. Because it's going to, you know, and I said this a while back, I think I did, that even before we started, God told me not to go about passing out flyers. And, and he took me to the scriptures and, you know, and he showed me, Jesus didn't have to pass out flyers. Right? If you're doing what God calls you to do, guess what? It will go according to God's plan. Right? That's what it's about. Because what happens is this. And it doesn't make any other church that, that does that, doesn't make them wrong. They do what God told them to do. Right? I'm telling you about what God told me to do. Right? <laughs> <laughs> or what not to do, I should say. <laughs> right? So we have to, the thing that's, that will separate us from other churches is we're, we're praying church. Right, and those that have been here long enough, we know that we pray, and you know, we we, we start.
started off praying a lot. And actually, before we even started services, we started what? We started praying. Right? Because we were having prayer, and, and that's what we were doing. Um, we'll give a little five-minute message, and we were rotating. Right? We were rotating, and then, um, but it all led back to prayer. Because why? Prayer is the most important thing we can do. Prayer will birth everything else. And see, what happens is a lot of Christians don't do prayer. Right? They don't. Because I've, I've literally heard, and I probably said this before, I've heard Christians say, and I've heard pastors say, you know, it's time out for praying. Well, it's never time out for praying. Right? Again, I don't care what we do in the natural. If it's not done by prayer first, then it's done out of the flesh. And that's what we have to be mindful of. So everything we do starts and ends with prayer. And that, that's the most important thing we do because that invites God and that, that provides God's direction. And we even see that in Acts, and we're going to continue to see that as we go through the book of Acts. We're going to see everything they did by prayer. If somebody got placed in jail and custody, guess what they did? They prayed. Right? We don't have to get all flustered. Prayer helps us, keeps us grounded. Right? And then I, and my wife said this week, and I think it was, I think it was my wife, but she said, oh, she said, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know it, it's um, <laughs> it's it's easy to do things out of natural, out of the flesh it's hard to do things by the spirit and this is what's this is what will make and break ministries right it doesn't matter how big a ministry is if you're not doing it by the spirit Right, it can be, it can appear to be successful, and I take it. You just even look at ministries on TV; they appear to be successful, right? But if they're not praying, it's all for not. It's all for not. And, and, and you know, I don't like to say people wasting time because I always say you can always learn something from somebody, right? You either learn what to do or what not to do, right? So we can all. There's always situations we can learn, and so, but once again, everything we do is by prayer. And that can be hard. That can be hard on our flesh. Right? That that because our bodies don't want to submit to that. Right? And, and really, truth be told, that, that's why we have to fast a lot of times. Because God bless you. Thank you. Our flesh <laughs> is our flesh. Our flesh, you know, ever since we came out the womb, we've been we've been learning to live by our flesh. Right? We've been taught how to live by our flesh. But now once we get saved and we become born again, now we learn how to live by the Spirit. And it's really easy, even as we're living and walking by the Spirit, it's easy to go back into the flesh. Right? So even we can go back and, and just watch TV. And I think it was Derek that said a couple weeks ago to me that he didn't want to watch TV because that's going to cause him to think certain things and go back into the flesh. Right? So we, we have to be careful of those things. Right? So... I'm going to get to the scripture, so bear with me. <laughs> so what's the mission of, of, of the church, right? So so many people say so many things of what the mission of the church is, right? So we got the Great Commission, right? We, we, we got the Great Commission, and then we put onuses on people. And I say we, I'm talking about Christians and leadership. We put onuses on people, and I've heard people say, and I'm pretty sure some of us heard, if you're not leading somebody to Christ, then you're not doing what God calls you to do, right? I've heard people say that, right? So let's turn to um, Matthew 28. 
Great Commission itself, the title of those words, The Great Commission, actually came by man. <laughs> right? That, that's actually not in the Bible itself. But we all understand what I'm talking about by the Great Commission. So beginning at Matthew 28, beginning at verse 16. So then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some what? Doubted. Right? So some of the disciples doubted the fact that Jesus was resurrected. So it's not just Thomas. Right? But it was more than Thomas. We don't know exactly all who are the disciples that, but some of them doubted. So let's keep going. 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. So all power is given to who? Jesus. Jesus. So that word power there is exousia in the Greek. It means authority. So all authority is given to Jesus. So we have to understand, really, even as believers, the authority is not in us. If the authority is through Jesus Christ. The authority, he's given us authority to do some things now, what, what the authority that he's given us is really delegated authority. Right. So, I know charismatics say, oh, I have authority to do this. I'm calling this down. No, no. Because delegated authority can be given and it can be taken away. Can be taken away. <laughs> all right. Now, I'll give you a perfect example. Right. So, I know I was in the military. Right. So, if, I, if I'm a department chief, guess what? That's my division. My division, my space. So, I have the authority. Right? I tell people what to do. I tell them when they can leave and go home. But guess what? So now, if I'm gone for the day, or if i got to go out and run errands, I can give somebody else that authority. Right? So I can have two E6s, and then I can have an E4 that is two, two pay grades lower. If I wanted to, I can give that E4 the authority to say, hey, you're in charge. Now, to Big Navy... They're going to look at it and say, no, them E6s have more rank, so they get paid more. So they spoke, no, but it's my space, so guess what? I give that authority to that E4. So as long as I'm gone, that E4 can do what he or she wants to do. And when that E4 speaks, guess what? They're speaking through me, through my authority, right? Because I have given them that. Right? Now, that E4 can be like some Christians and get prideful. Say, hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do it my way. Well, I don't think that's what... No, we're going to do it my way because I'm in charge. And, it's, and that's where pride starts to set in. And that's what gets us in trouble. And, and we can't do that. And this is why we have certain Christians. They say things and they shouldn't be saying. Right? Devil, I'm going to do this. Devil, I'm going to do that. No, 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 no. No, no, no. I don't care who we are. We do not have more power than the devil. Amen. We only have power because of Jesus Christ. So we don't go picking battles and fights with the devil. Jude talks about it. I believe it's Jude talks about yes. that. Michael, the Archangel, didn't contend with the devil. Yeah. So. so what makes us think that we can contend with the devil? And then, see, the devil was really back there laughing. <laughs> but we have to understand, yes, we have certain authority, but it's delegated authority. And we don't go around picking, picking fights and trying to start things with the enemy when we don't have to. Right. But we are supposed to be about our father's business. When the enemy came to tempt Jesus, what did he give him? The word. The word is the authority. He gave him the word. 
Right? It, it, it's not, oh, I'm going to do this to you, you're going to, no, uh-uh, no, you're setting yourself up. As a matter of fact, you're going to open up a door. Now, when I come back, back to the ship, I can take that authority back, because I'm back, I'm in charge now. Right? So, we, we have to understand what delegated authority, see, sometimes we take authority and we don't understand, if, if we don't understand authority, it can be very dangerous. Because authority is a powerful thing. So there, there was a time where uh, I was a kid and I was at a beach. And I don't, I don't remember who I was with. I was with a, a couple friends. And I was at a beach. And um, yes, we do have beaches in New York City, believe it or not. So, But there was, two, there was a couple kids that came by and they had sticks of dynamite. And then police came probably about... 20 minutes later, and they were looking for the kids with dynamite because somebody had told that they had dynamite. And it, but the kids who had the dynamite didn't know how powerful the dynamite was. Right? So if they would have liked the dynamite, what, what could happen? They could, they could injure themselves. right? They may say, I'm sitting right here and think they get back far enough, treated like a firecracker, and guess what? It will hurt them pretty bad. right? Probably kill them. Right? Or it can hurt somebody else. That's the same thing with authority. If you don't understand authority through the scriptures, it can hurt you. Because again, you're going to open yourself up to something. Okay. Alright, so all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and do what? Teach all nations. Now, most of the translations have me. Go make. But if you look at that word in the Greek, it actually means to teach. Right, so what happens is this, again, we start to put pressure on people to go and literally make disciples instead of teaching disciples. So what happens is this, now it becomes verbal, so now we're going and we're talking to people when sometimes that teaching can be a physical demonstration by us. It can be our walk. It can be our lifestyle. It, it can be, because no matter where we are as Christians, guess what? People are watching us, whether we realize it or not. Right? So we can either draw people closer to Christ, or we can draw them away from Christ. And we see it all the time in the, in, in the church. And we have to be careful because even as we walk, even as we're on a job and we're working, guess what? We're steady teaching people. And guess what? Even with teaching disciples, teaching on, guess what? That could still be an unbeliever that we may be sharing the word with. Sitting down with them, opening up the Bible, and going through the scriptures with them. Trying to expound to them. Right? Just like that Ethiopian and Philip. So, that could be that unbeliever that, hey, we're going to take time. Let's go through the Bible. Because they're going to say, what? I don't understand. I don't understand. So, guess what? We're going to sit down. We're going to teach them. And while we're teaching them, they may not get born again right then and there, but we're still training them up to hopefully become a disciple. Okay, so that word in the Greek also means helping someone to progressively learn the word of God to become a mature, growing disciple. Amen. So, Go, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the, of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Okay, so now, 
talked about vision, so I'm going to go straight to, oh, hold on, I talked about the Great Commission. Is our job also to get everyone saved? Well, we know through Scripture, everyone's not going to get saved, right? Now, we still share the gospel with them, but we know everybody's not going to get saved. So we can't have that burden on us like that, because guess what? Let's face it, most people don't like rejection, right? When we're witnesses to somebody, we don't like to be rejected, right? I don't, right? So most people don't like rejection. But, it's probably something we're going to have to get used to. If we're going to share the gospel, if we're going to be Christians, people are going to reject us along the way. Guess what? They rejected Christ. So they rejected Christ, they're going to reject little old me. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> and and it, there, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. And we talked about, about it before. We may be planting a seed. Okay? And then somebody else may come by and water that seed. So, what is our mission? It's to do what Jesus did. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 4. It's interesting. I just thought about this today that because uh, I've heard pastors say two of these three things. We're going to come back to this chapter in the coming weeks, but. So their lives are jacked up, 
but yet they're trying to help somebody else. And they can't help anybody else. Because what happens is, if you're bound and you're distressed, guess what you're going to do? You're going to do it out of your own power. But Rasan can't set anybody free. New Life Kingdom Builders Ministries can't set anybody free. Right. It is the power of God. Amen. It is the power of God that sets people free. And the moment we think it's us, guess what? God's going to step away. Because that becomes pride. And we have to be careful of that. Right? So, alright, let's keep going. It also means to save one suffering from disease, to make well, heal, restore the health. These are all things Jesus came to do. Right? Alright, so let's go to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, beginning at verse 18. And the vision I'm getting from is right there on the YouTube page or any podcast that we have, podcast channel on about us. Alright. Luke chapter 4, 18 and 19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So in other words, he has anointed me. So Jesus has been anointed to do all these things. Right? So again, Rasan is not anointed to do these things. Rasan can only do these things by the power of Jesus Christ. These are things that we have to remember. Okay? So, Jesus announced that he came to heal fivefold damage that sin brings. And that's what he says right here. I'm going to break these down separately. So, he came to preach the gospel to the poor. What happens? What does sin do? It empowers people, right? Not just, it's not talking about financially, but it put, sin puts people in a poor state. Spiritually. Spiritually, right? So, he's not talking about financially, but he's talking about spiritually. Y'all heard me say, someone could be financially broke, but still be spiritually happy. So sin impoverishes, and the Messiah brings good news to the poor. He also does what? To heal the broken heart. Why? Sin breaks hearts. People have been hurt. People have been rejected by others. Right? So when you get hurt or you've been rejected by family or anything like that, just like King David was, guess what? So his family, his, his dad and his brothers put him out and the sheep, not as... Uh, a privilege, that was actually a punishment. That's a whole nother message. You get all that from Psalms. <laughs> That's a whole nother message. So, he was isolated from his family. So, he was rejected, but while he was out there with the sheep, he drew closer to God. And God knew his heart. So, sin breaks hearts, and the Messiah has good news for the broken heart. See, we, are, we have a hurting world out there. We have a hurting world out there. So, guess what? That world, they're not going to come flying through these doors. Or any of these churches across the street. We might have to go to them. We might have to go to them. And that's what's going to separate us from other people. 
Alright, so let's keep going. What else did Jesus do? To proclaim liberty to the captives. Sin makes people captive and enslaves them. Sin puts people in bondage. Right? So even we know the unbeliever, they're in bondage, but even when you have a Christian that commits a sin, what happens? Condemnation comes instead of conviction, and they get in bondage. But guess what? As we come across them, guess what? We can let them know the good news. That's right. Right? Jesus has come to still set you free. Now, it's up to them, because guess what? They can still say, oh, no, I'm saved, I'm good. Right? Yeah. They, they, yeah, that's right. They will say that. They, they will say that, because I've had people say that. Yeah. Right? But, no, you're not good, because you, you're still bound. Yeah. All right. Recovery of sight to the blind. Sin blinds us, and the Messiah comes to heal our spiritual and moral blindness. All right? To set at liberty those who are oppressed. Sin oppresses his victims, and the Messiah comes to bring liberty to the oppressed. All right? So, let's go back to the vision. All right? So, we got, first sentence, New Life Kingdom Builders Ministries is a place where people can come and be made whole. All right? So, we believe in people, marriages, and families receiving restoration, healing, and deliverance through the power of God. So, I'm going to read that again. We believe in people, marriages, and families receiving restoration, healing, and deliverance through the power of God. Okay. Let's go to res uh, restoration. Alright. So, restoration means this from the Greek to bring back to it, put back something to its former or original state. So, we know because of Adam, guess what? We are now born sinners, right? We, we are born sinners. That was not God's original plan. Right? It does, does it, even though we become born again, yes, we will still make mistakes. And yes, so I'm not saying we're going to be perfect. Right? But that is a part of restoration because now we, we are being restored back to the Father. We, we have, again, the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us to help us. Alright, so let's keep going. To restore a person as a specific thing which he has lost. So, this can be, again, a backsliding believer. Okay? We got plenty of those in the body of Christ. Right? But they have to know that they can come back to the Lord because we don't serve a God of a second chance. We serve a God of another chance. See? That's the thing we have to realize. We serve a God of another chance. Jesus loves us. Jesus, you heard me talk about it before. Jesus died for everybody on this planet. And Jesus knew everybody's not going to be perfect. Alright, so... To bring back or recover from lapse, degeneracy... So what does degeneracy mean? Because I didn't know. Corruption, moral decay, sin, wickedness. So, again, that is restoration. Being restored from a lifestyle of sin. So now we won't be slaves of sin. We won't be slaves in bondage. Now we can be set free. Right? So, even with the restoration, some people may come through, doesn't mean they're going to stay. And it not staying, and what I mean by that is, not staying as in leaving as in a bad thing, but coming here, getting what they need, and then going back to do what God called them to do. Right? So, a pastor told me a while back, when we were first talking about starting ministry, he said, you're going to be a hub. Right? I said, okay, I've heard that before, but I didn't quite understand it. And don't meet 
I never looked it up until today. Right? <laughs> so a hub is an, e is an effective center of an activity, region, or network. A central airport or other transport facility from which many services operate. Right? So now let's go back. I'm going to come back and read the uh, healing and all that. So let's go back to the uh, vision. All right? I'll come back to the last sentence here. So we believe Christians should go out in the power of the Holy Ghost. Not our power, but the power of the Holy Ghost. Because we don't have no power. And the authority given by Jesus to be the kingdom here on earth. That's their delegated authority. So what else? We are a network of ministries that go out and do the Father's will by doing what Jesus did in Matthew 4.23. By preaching, teaching, and healing all manners of sickness and disease among the people. So, a network of ministries. There's that hub. There's that hub. And I ain't think about it when he said it. But see, right there, when he, that pastor was speaking to me, he was being led by God because he didn't know the vision. And to this day, he still doesn't know the vision. I've had other people come to me and tell me stuff, and I know it's not God. But see, when he told me this, I said, okay, that lines up. That makes sense. Why? So what's the network of ministry? You might be saying, well, I'm not called to ministry. Oh, yes, you are. Every one of us in here called to ministry. It doesn't mean you're going to start a church. doesn't necessarily mean you may have a Bible study. But your job is your ministry. See, we can minister, effectively minister to people at our jobs. We come across people throughout our travels, throughout our jobs, that are hurting that are in need of salvation. And we can be effective in that. So now, this is really, all churches should be a hub. It's not a place that we just come and we come together, hear the word, alright, everybody go about their merry way. No, you come here, you get fed, and you go out and you do what God calls you to do. Amen. But what we do is we use the church, say, alright, I don't know what I'm called to do, so I'll just go work in the church. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Because, you know, we need workers in church. But that's not your primary ministry. I hate to break it to you. That's not your primary ministry. Children's church, not your primary ministry. It's not. Okay? It, we're to go out and do what God's called us to do. Right? So, if you're called to be a lawyer, guess what? You can minister while you... I don't know if lawyer is the word. But <laughs> while you're doing your work as a lawyer. Right? It, it, call to men help, you can do your work there, right? Even when you go into people's houses, you're around the children, you can minister there. See, we're always thinking that, hey, I'm not called to ministry, I'm not called to have a church. Actually, you can still be called to have a Bible study, right? So, you can still be a part of New Life Kingdom and still go do a Bible study. Ain't no different than what I did at Rod's. That's being a network of ministry, but then we come back together, we're hub. You see, that makes sense on why God was speaking to me even in reference to the day of service. But that, that's, that's, I'm not even going to go into that yet. So, alright. So let's go back to uh, the previous sentence where we believe in people, marriages, and families receiving restoration, healing, and deliverance. So let's, we already did uh, restoration. Let's look at healing. Healing actually means in the, to serve, to do service, right? It also means to cure, to restore the health. So, what we don't always realize, see, 
bringing healing to people is going out there also visiting them. Okay? That is actually bringing healing to people. But we don't always see it that way. Right? So again, it's not just us sitting here, but it's going out there. Because people are in need of healing that will never step foot in the church. And the only church they're going to get is when they come before each and every one of us. Right? What we have to understand is even in Jesus stayed mobile when he ministered. The disciples stayed mobile. Go to Luke chapter 10. Chapter 10, beginning at verse 1. <clears throat> After these things, the Lord appointed other seventy also, and sent them two and two before his face. Oh, let me switch up. I'm going to read the New King James Version. That was King James, sorry. After these things, the Lord appointed seventy others also, and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Then he said to them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So, the harvest is truly great. So, the harvest is truly great back then. Guess what? The harvest is truly great here. So, we heard, even when we went to Petersburg this morning, about the shooting taking place in Petersburg. There's plenty of shooting taking place in Richmond. So, the harvest is ready. But guess what? There's no laborers going out. There's no laborers. So, as many times we go going to Petersburg, as many times we go going to Richmond, how many times have we come across other believers? Yeah. But what we do is we want the harvest to come in here. We want the harvest to come in here. That's not going to happen. That's being a church, not the church. Being the church right. is going out. Amen. And I get it. This can be uncomfortable for us to do because it was uncomfortable for me to do. <laughs> so I get it. But the more we draw closer to Christ, guess what? The more we get out of ourselves. Right. And the more He comes in us and He leads us. Verse 3. Go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. So yes, there are wolves out there. <laughs> there are plenty of wolves out there. There are plenty of wolves on our jobs. Right? <laughs> Carry neither money, bag, knapsack, nor sandals, and greet no one along the road. But whatever house you enter, first say, Peace to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If not, it will return to you and remain in the same house, eating and drinking such things as they give, for the laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whatever city you enter, and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you, and heal the sick there. And say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. So when we show up, that's the kingdom of God. That's right. It's not when they come here. It's when we go there. And then that's where the power of God will move. Verse 10. But whatever city you enter and they do not receive you, go out into the streets and say the very dust of your city which clings to us, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near you. But I say to you that it will be more tolerable in that day of, for Sodom than for that city. So, we have to understand, being a church is going out there. Amen. Yes, we come here. 
Yes, we get fed. Yes, this is a hub. And I told you before, I was going to teach y'all some stuff that's going to shake up your doctrine, things that you heard. And was I lying? Nope. <laughs> but as long as I show you it's in the scripture, we can't argue with it. That will argue about. See, I am tired of people calling me that don't go here, <laughs> ask me for help, and then still going back to where they're in bondage. But then yet they want to come to me to get set free, which I can't set anybody free. But they want to get a word, but then they still want to go back. Right? No, you're wearing me out. They call me more than you all call me. And y'all can call me anytime. Alright? Y'all can call me. I, I, I have all y'all on. Even if my phone's a do not stir, we can get through. Okay? So, but I'm talking about the people out there. <laughs> but it's a good thing that you don't call me. Because probably because you're here and you're applying the word. I was so happy when I heard Phil speak last week. I, I told that's the best I ever heard Phil speak. Yeah. Best I ever heard Phil speak. See? And it's not that he, he didn't speak bad, but he didn't speak well before, you know, but that was the best. He moved out of the way. And that was God. See? And, it, and this is what the Lord showed me with you before. I just never said anything. See, some people are going to come to you and still expect you to be old Phil, to kind of usurp some authority over you, right? You have to understand, you've grown, right? So, and actually, you've outpassed them. But they still, every time they come around you, they want to keep you down as Phil, as it used to be. Because they taught you before. But that's what, now you know stuff that you can teach them. Whether they receive it or not. And that is the growth. That is, that is the growth. That's not me. That's the Holy Ghost. That's Jesus. I get no credit in that. Because I can't help anybody grow. I can only give what the Lord gives me. It's up to everybody else to apply. Because I have to apply it too. I told y'all. Same thing I gave y'all. Guess what? The Lord challenged my doctrine with it too. Right? So, again, it, I'm going to have to cut people off. I'm going to have to cut people off. Right? Because they, they want their cake. <laughs> How you say, want your cake and eat it too? Yeah, they, they want both sides. No, no, no. No, if you still want to go be in the drywall, go ahead. That's your choice. That's your decision. But you can't wear me down with that. All right? So, again, so I basically came here because Jesus sent them out. He didn't say, hey, go and bring them here. He sent them out. He sent them out. Now, watch this. Going back to verse 1. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. We know God is everywhere, but there are some places, some cities right now, God's not there. But he wants to be there. He has a desire to be there. But nobody's welcome him in. But guess what? The minute we show up on scene, guess what? He's there. He's there. So he's trying to send us there to lay the groundwork as we pray. We go before him. And he's going to show up. 
go uh, one chapter back. Uh, chapter 9, verses 1 through 6. This is when he sent out the 12th. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and the cure of diseases. That was also Judas. He sent them to preach what? The kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said to them, Take nothing for the journey, neither staffs, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, and do not have two tunics apiece. Whatever house you enter, stay there, and from there depart. And whoever will not receive you when you go out of that city, shake off the very dust from your feet as a testimony against them. So they departed and went through the towns, preaching what? The gospel and healing everywhere. Again, he didn't say, go and then bring them here. And not that there's anything wrong with that. Right? But that can't be our primary focus. Because that's what other churches do. We're not other churches. Right? So, yeah. Would I love to grow? Yeah, absolutely. Will that happen? Yes, in God's time. But we won't grow like other churches. Why? Because we're going to be different. And that starts with each and every one of us. Because we all have a place. We all have a ministry. Right? So, it should come back with, we can just have a service of nothing but testimonies of what went on for the week. Man, God did this. God did this. That's what they did in the early church. Right? It wasn't, hey, let's all come here and let's just hear the pastor. Again, there's nothing wrong with that. Right? But again, we're going to be different. We're going to do what God calls us to do. Right? We're going to be that hard. Right? So, if that non-believer wants to come in, that's fine. We're welcoming them in. If that believer that's been bound in sin wants to come in, we're going to welcome them in. And we're going to pray that God sets them free. Right? Because we can't set anybody free. But it's the power of God. But guess what? That power's got to be flowing through us. Right? That's right. right? Gotta, he, he, his power's got to be flowing through us. Right? So, we got to be clean vessels. Right? Because we're, we're, we're going to get those demonically possessed. We're going to get those who are bound in homosexuality. And I'm going to come back to that in, in, in probably next week, maybe. Because that's in the scripture with something with the, the diseases. Right? These are all things that God wants to... Why? Because ultimately... It's all sin. It's all sin. Right. right? So even the sickness, people being born with deformities, it's all because of sin. It was never God's plan or intentions for all this to take place. But all because of Adam. Right? All because of Adam. Now we gotta pay the price. Right? But guess what? Even what Adam did, there's a second Adam. That's right. There's a second Adam that made everything right. So we have to we have to do what God's called us to do. So let's go back to So we gotta stop putting commands and things like that. There, there isn't but one command that we have. Really two. I'm uh, Mark chapter twelve, turn there. And then I'm gonna talk about deliverance. Mark chapter 12, verse 28. And what I'm talking about, command, is that we have to stop 
putting pressure on people to say, hey, go witness to this person. Go do this. If you're not doing this, you're not, then you're not doing what God calls you to do. No, no, no. This is what, this is God's command right here. Mark chapter 12, verse 28. Then one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, Perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Right? If we get these two things right, we're good. Amen. If we get these two commandments right, we're good. Right? You should love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Those two things. Those two things we need to do. Love God, love our neighbor as ourselves. Loving our neighbor as ourselves is going out there. And we win people by being a service to them. Right? That's what we do. We can pray for them. Yes. We can feed them. Yes. But guess what? That's all a part of discipling them. Right? Even if they're unsaved, we're still discipling them. But we don't always look at it that way because we just think, well, discipling is just for the believer. No. It's, it's also showing the service. And again, that service is also healing. Right? So even when we go visit someone that may not be feeling well, that's bringing them healing. Amen. Verse 32. So the scribe said to him, Well said, teacher, you have spoken the truth. For there is one God, and there is no other but he. And to love him with all the heart, and with all understanding, with all the soul, and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself, is more than the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. So it doesn't matter what type of outreach a person does, if they don't love God and love their neighbor as themselves. And now I've been on people that have done outreach, and guess what? They're just as mean as mean can be to the people we're ministering to out there. So guess what? They're breaking the commandment. And guess what? All their works, because that's what it is, works, is no good. No good. Verse 34, now when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. But after that, no one dared question him. Alright, so let's go back to, I'm, I'm jumping a few screens here. Alright, so going back to the vision. Alright, we talked about restoration. We talked about healing. We talked, uh, we're going to talk about deliverance now. So deliverance means release from bondage, slavery, or imprisonment. Forgiveness or pardon of sins. So now, when we teach and give the word of God to people, guess what? That helps them get out of bondage. Again, that opens the door for the power of God to come in. Right? When we minister about Jesus, that prayerfully will get them to open up their hearts. Start seeking Him. Right? They may not get saved right away. That's okay. He's a seed we plant. And then we keep going back. And we keep going back. So just like, the, again, going back to Russ, the Bible study. Initially, they were yawning. 
Not interested? I kept going back. Why? Because I was disciple. Disciple. And I didn't know that's what I was doing back then. But disciple. Until it clicked. All right? It clicked. And guess what? It clicked. And then it dawned on me. I said, oh, wow, they into this. <laughs> I said, okay. All right. So, deliverance means also... It's released from, like I said, bondage to sin because we have not just, we have to understand the unbeliever, they can't stop sinning. They can't, they cannot stop sinning because they're in their flesh. Right? The only way we were able to stop sinning is because Christ came into our hearts. Right? So it's the power of God. So, but it's a whole other problem when we got the church sinning. Right? So guess what? They need deliverance too. They need deliverance too. They're going back to, and they're sitting in seats and pews and again singing, praising God. And as soon as they leave church, they're back in sin again. That ought not to be. That ought not to be. So that's where deliverance comes in. And they don't know. Some of them don't know they need to be delivered from that. Right? What else? Deliverance from what? Demonic possession and oppression. Right? Because everybody's not possessed. Some people just oppressed. Deliverance from what? The world system. Right? We don't get caught up in the politics and the things going on in the government. We got Christians that are bound by that stuff. That's all they talk about. Amen. And then they get angry if they come across another believer that doesn't agree with them. What? Why are we arguing about that? What does that have to do? I, you, you, loving your neighbor as yourself. Love your brother. for that. That's it. Love your brother. This is how the world will know you are my disciples. But then we got two believers arguing. Actually, groups of believers arguing because one wants to be a Democrat, one wants to be a Republican. <laughs> what difference does it make? Neither one of them can save you from hell. That's right. And they can't get you into heaven. But that's being in bondage to the world system. Right? What else deliverance from? Deliverance from money. People get addicted to money. They work all the time. Or they got to have more, more, more. And it never becomes enough. Yeah. They need deliverance from that. And again, that's the non-believer and the believer. What else? Need deliverance from success and fame. Okay? Everybody wants to have a title. Everybody wants a position. Everybody wants... Their church to be big. Some people want to be TV stars, movie stars. Why? Why? What's, is that really pleasing God? Now, if God's telling you to do that, that's one thing. Right? But if God's telling you to do that, he's not, you're not going to cater. Right? Because we see so-called Christian actors love God. They, they say they love God, but then they're cursing in the movies. Doing all sorts of things in the movie. Well, yeah, well, there's a conflict there. Deliverance needs to come in. Right? So, basically, let me make sure I got all this. Okay, so let me keep reading the vision. Alright, so New Life Kingdom Builders Ministries is a place 
where people can learn to fulfill the plans and purposes God has for them through the Word of God and execute that plan in the places they have been called to. Right? So again, the place you've been called to could be your job. Could be your neighborhood. Could be the park. I don't know. It is a place that is not a church, but a body of believers who have been called to be the church. Right? So that's that that's the vision. Right? That's the vision. Right? So again, we can't become stagnant. Right? We can't be now. Sometimes we may have to say, all right, well, I need a little break. I, I, you know, I'm doing a lot. I, that's okay. There, there's no need for any of us to feel pressured to do anything. Right? There's, there's no need for that. Outside of maintaining our salvation. Right? That's all that matters. Right? But, again, how we do things, we're going to be different. Right? Because, guess what? Even as being a deliverance church, other churches are not called to be Right. So that's why I laugh sometimes. Sometimes I get frustrated when other people come to me and say, hey, well, this is what we do. I don't really care. Right? Not not trying to be rude, but I, I, I don't. Right? we got to do what God's calling us to do. Right? Because if we don't do what God's calling us to do, it will never work. It will never work. See, we can be effective with just two or three people going out, praying, meeting people. We come across people with needs and we minister to them and allow God to heal them. That is what effectiveness is about, right? And then, yes, we still come back and we disciple, right? Because we're all disciples. We're all disciples. Amen? Amen. 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 Let's pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen.